You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing. Creator and host, Ken Vellante. Editor and producer, Peter Bauer. This is Ken Vellante with the Something Rather Than Nothing podcast. And we have, uh, for this episode, Dirty Princess, uh, Portland band um, that uh, I, I really enjoy. Um, they have a new release that came out uh, this summer. And um, lucky enough to have uh, the, the, the whole band. Uh, Michaela, you might remember from uh, Blackwater Holy Light, Jules and Francesca, um, wanted to... Wanted to thank you for joining the program and, and welcome all of you. Thank, thank you so much. Happy to be here. So uh, the first question I generally ask is, what were you what were you like as, when you were younger? Were you um, always interested in, in art or music or your, uh, musical? And uh, I'd love to hear each of your uh, answers. And just in beginning the episode, if you could just mention your name at the beginning so folks can kind of get used to whose voice is who. Yeah. Um, this is Francesca. And I was a very creative kid and a fun kind of family. There was a lot of music going on all the time, but... I was more into the visual arts and sewing and all sorts of things and kind of just wild little crafty kids started taking art lessons at a really young age and then kind of got into music more later in my life. But um, yeah, always kind of always had art, especially painting. Mm. Yeah. 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 This is Jules. When I was a kid, I felt like I wasn't here. So there was a lot of mixed worlds. And I think that what's helped me, what helps me write today. Um, I remember hearing music. Well, something that affected me for the first time was like a Pink Floyd song. I think it was like either time or it was something like that and my dad played it and I was just like in my car seat so I was pretty young still and uh just like started bawling and shaking and like I just was so enthralled that sound could manipulate your emotions and as a young kid that was like something that I hadn't grasped yet um and then after that like that's all I begged my parents. Like, I wanted to play violin. But it was expensive, and my parents were pretty poor. So, like, I tried to find something else, and it was, like, my acoustic guitar it was the closest thing. And I kind of had to, like, learn from a class that in my fifth grade how to play, but also, like, just kind of dink around and play whatever. And I just remember, like, playing, like, one note and just, like, living in that... <laughs> Was listening to it ring out because it was just like something that I never experienced. So that's how I got into music. Yeah, and sounds like you had not, a rather sensitive, you know, to to have that strong emotional reaction, you know, uh, to music, uh, and that to have that memory. Did you say you were in your car seat? I was in my car seat because I remember looking down at it and seeing the design, and like I remember the whole, I remember the whole moment. It, but it was I had to be young, like 
pre-fathomable memories. So that's why, <laughs> yeah. So that's why it was so intense because it was one of the memories that I, that I do remember being so young. Cause I would shift like in and out of this consciousness and like this dream world. My parents thought that I had like ADHD or whatever, which I probably did, <laughs> but they tried to pinpoint it, but nobody's could really figure it out. It was just, Maybe when I came out of the womb or something, like, I, my spirit has hadn't caught up with my body or something. Or yeah. my spirit had lived here and my body wasn't catched up, caught up. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> wow, that's like, we got into some deep territory really quick there. I mean, I got sidetracked on trying to, to, to figure that out. I, th- I know exactly what... I know exactly what you mean. I've recently had some conversations about um, art and emotions connected to music and color. And um, I never really kind of made the strong connection of how, like you said, you know, music impacts you, the emotion impacts you, and it creates that strong connection. Um, uh, Michaela, uh, and, and I wanted to mention, Michaela, I sent you a message about this. You're our return, second return guest on this show. And you've done it in just a few episodes. So I want to thank you for being back. And I also wanted to hear, yeah. uh, uh, again, you know, one of the things, too, Michaela, you'd have the uh, the privilege to answer any of these questions completely opposite or to. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a different person. That's okay. Yeah, that's true. It's an honor. Happy to be back. Um, but yeah, as a young kid, I was like, I was just super quiet and pretty introverted. I was kind of like always just wanted to do my own thing. And my parents tried to put me in sports when I was a kid, but I just never wanted to go to practice. I always, we had a piano in my living room and I always was sitting at that and just wanted to, was always drawn to music. And so my parents finally just put me in like music lessons. I started at piano lessons when I was like really little. And then I convinced them to get me a guitar when I was like, probably 10 years old and just fell in love yeah yeah there's a really funny picture of me with my first guitar (laughs) i just had really short hair looked like a boy (laughs) i was a super tomboy yeah and what was the was was the guitar a certain color or stand out or anything oh yeah (laughs) it was a zebra striped oh wow yeah. I, I immediately assumed like that 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 Bowie um, that that Bowie guitar, but no, um, <laughs> that uh, that sounds like a, a, a great photo. Um, okay. One of the things I wanted to ask each one of you um, has to do with your art at, as a whole and the different type of art that you do, including uh, for your music. I just wondering if in asking you. Who are your artistic uh, influences or main artistic influences? Can you throw out a few names as far as those artists who you see in your work uh, due to their influence? It's hard for me to answer that because I just like listen to like such a wide variety of things. And I feel like um, I'm influenced kind of by experiences a lot and like my environments and like skateboarding is one of those things like for Mm -hmm. dirty princess especially just kind of like influenced by life life yeah yeah Yeah. i would probably say 
just within my writing and stuff, and this is somebody that I've already talked about and I'm being like obsessed with is like not even in within uh, sound, but within visual aspect. It's like I love like Salvador Dali. I feel like what he paints were definitely like connected to human consciousness as a dream world. Like in a lot of different things, like you know how he like puts limbs on like crutches and like makes them fat or really skinny or really tall. Yeah, sure. Like their legs and stuff. I used to have, um, I think they call it Alice in Wonderland syndrome, and it was cool. I only found this out from Death Valley Girls because I didn't know what to call it. But she said that um, it's like when you see something, but it changes in size and shape and, like, length. It gets thin and, like, like fat kind of. It's kind of hard to explain, but, like, seeing his art was, like, confirmation that I just wasn't going through, like, these experiences alone. That's what a lot of artists helped me realize within, and it helped me reflect it into my music because when you see that and you're like, yeah, I'm like, you see that as well, you know? I was just, I was just reading, um... And, and connected to the point, uh, uh, Dave Mustaine of Megadeth, uh, they put out this new book um, for Rust in Peace, came out in 1990. Um, just like this, you know, intense, like, I just love this album. And one of the things that was strange is all those guys were just, like, incredibly jacked up on every drug, like heroin, cocaine, alcohol, super yeah. addiction. And they had come out of rehab, but they were all... You know, uh, let's just say they had a few more pounds on than they were comfortable with <laughs> from before. Oh, yeah, kind of spun it, out. Yeah. 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 And the thing is, on the video, which I didn't know that, you know, they did this in on the video, they actually stretched out the film. So it looked like these were kind of like big, you know, imposing, you know, metal guy, like a metal guy, you know, without a shirt. You're supposed to look like a metal guy and be big and, you know, totally. And, he, and, 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 and film to make it look kind of like nowadays they, yeah <laughs> or, yeah or uh, that is that's funny i i know it's uh i didn't i, I didn't know that it's, it's actually i actually think it's my uh, favorite album so i did a i've been doing a deep dive into reading about uh it's making and yeah. uh to, yeah, to end this come up a lot in 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 funny ways and in this band, <laughs> I have a kind of a, of an interest with him. I had his uh, um, his signature uh, what are they fucking my pickups pickups in uh my old guitar that actually made it sound really sick. You found but, it in a dumpster. Yeah, I found the guitar in a dumpster, but I didn't find the find the pickups in a dumpster. I got those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um. Yeah, he's an interesting character. I like that you brought that up a lot because I'm gonna check that out. <laughs> well, the um, the 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 final thing on my my recent reading of of that before we get to Michaela on the artistic artistic influences is the 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 book is a strange one. I mean, it's a book for like I love the album so much, and it's it's an important album like politically as well. I think, but the thing that was strange about it was the guys in the band are having all these arguments about 
who said what, you know, it was typical bullshit. It was like, yeah. you know, you walked out of that recording session half an hour early. It was your fault. And there's yeah, still bitching is, about this. And years later. <laughs> well, yeah. And it was like, I'm reading this and it's like, look, guys, at least three of you have no <laughs> recollection of what actually occurred. That's the yeah, problem. Actually, nobody was actually there. <laughs> nobody was actually there in, in a certain way. That's so funny. Like so, so um, uh, yeah, we'll 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 chat some more about that. Um, Michaela, I don't want to miss you on uh, artistic influences. Oh, I answered. Jessica oh, hasn't, hasn't answered yet. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. So I to kind of go off what Jules was saying about how like experiencing visual art and then feeling not feeling alone because of that. Like I definitely feel that it was kind of obvious with the band because we're doing it together. Yeah. Um which is, like, my favorite part of it because it's, like, a friendship experience. Yeah, um, it is an but experience. as far as visual art is <laughs> concerned, I feel like it does the opposite for me in a really cool way. This is, mm. like, this is why I'm complete individual and I'm the only one that can paint this stroke and this is, like, you know, this is, it, it's individual to me and that's kind of, like, my painting is super personal and the band is, like, a show. You know, so yeah. I think, yeah. But my, as far as influences are concerned, like it's kind of all over the board with music for sure. Um, and in art, like I don't know, I'm kind of a Picasso fan, <laughs> and like um, Austrian, some Austrian artists, and this dude Hunter Vosser does did all this architecture, and I think that's really cool because he made these like surrealist looking buildings and there they are and you can live in it and like to take your art into those kind of realms is really interesting to me and I like yeah. like I want to do some sets and stuff with the band and like kind of yeah, we've yeah. always talked about making an experience out of our music and like having using all our senses and like I think that's really cool artistically to be able to like I want to be able to take people somewhere yeah else, somewhere surreal yes I can agree on that 100% yeah, I love I love that idea of the, the the overall experience of of you know what you're trying to do in in the band. One thing I wanted to mention um, about the about uh, Dali, we actually have in um, at the Lawrence Gallery. I think it might be physically in McMinnville. They okay. actually, I know the Lawrence. They, yeah, they have um, archives of Dali's sketches, and. Wow. If you at, if you go there and you ask about that, they'll show you some of his sketches, and it really, what? yeah, expanded it expanded the idea of who I understood Dali to be because right there's this great commercial aspect to his surrealism, but yeah, um, there's some beautiful like pencil sketches of like bullfights. Well, I'm a vegan, so I shouldn't be you know, but um, you know, but like, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> Spanish like cultural life. Um, Lawrence Gallery. So make sure you know, and and for listeners as well. Um, uh, I believe it's right in McMinnville. Uh, yeah, that know, would they, be cool. Yeah, yeah it's that's, my friend's grandpa is started that. And I grew up in the same town. Yeah, that Duncan. Damn, that's Dang, so we're, cool. We're 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 finding out some things now. Yeah, yeah there's actually that. a piece uh, like 
200 feet away from us in a room at this antiques place next to our house where we are right now. Yeah, we and, had that. Uh, it's so cool to be able to have fine art like, mm-hmm. just right there. Right so, ah, there. Yeah, They. this person, this uh, collector guys, more than that, I'm pretty sure they have better names. I um, have. Well, go ahead. Sorry. No, well, they, but yeah, they have a Dolly piece. And uh, is it um, like is a more popular piece? No, it's not. It's you can tell like he has different eras and his sketch era was because he started drawing when he was like really, really young. Like he knew that he was destined to do that probably at age. I think he was like 10, something where you get like nine, 10. He was making these beautiful sketches. Um, So. Everything has been surrealism, definitely, and in, in most of the time. But it's a little bit before that where, like, I love his usage. He has, like, I think it was, like, an egg and then, like, a horse off in the distance. It sounds like Dolly, but um, I don't know what the piece is called, but we'll have to figure that out and let you know. Yeah, the um, I just learned one thing about uh, Dolly, and I'm sorry this might spoil your experience, but, like, I try to create some of this social connection to it. I love his... I love his work. I love Dolly's work. One thing yeah. I didn't one thing I didn't know on as far as social issues go is he was uh, he was a rat fink. He um he basically outed artists at the House on on American Activities uh during the McCarthy era, during the Red Scare. And he was maligned because he was basically making statements like I saw him at a communist meeting or and he just basically gave a list over to the uh, to the U.S. Congress about um, artists that were communists. And uh, whoa, yeah. So I'm, yeah. I I you learned that about a month ago, and I'm still kind of reeling from it because you know yeah. anytime you like love an artist and then their politics yeah. or something breaks from that, like oh, I'm so like uh, like Morrissey. I'm a huge Smiths fan, and yeah. he's a, like. Yeah. Sorry. he's horrible he's like i can't enjoy like uh, yeah. anything i used to be able to and then some well shit comes out but then recently he he made some super racist remarks like on his last oh, like album or some shit for a long long time yeah so, but with yeah. the thing with dolly or whatever they took surrealism uh really really extremely i don't know if you re- listen to that podcast black dahlia but they would like use women and like they people they would do like sacrifice kind of stuff and it, like women were kind of objects and like this one lady died I don't know there's like all Whoa. this crazy dark shit but they would they were like life is art you know like fuck with people and like take yeah like, go really extreme with it yeah mm-hmm. kind of sa- sadistic surreal like they took it really it's, far and women yeah. you know it was a different time it was like the 40s yeah but that Black Dahlia podcast fascinating got really surreal like I ideas of what they're taking it way too far yeah (laughs) okay so I have I have to be honest that even though that is yes morally wrong is it terrible for me to find some sort of fascination not necessarily calling it right or wrong but a fascination that he wanted to take it that far where he like put it in front of him rather than just on paper, like, I do find interest in psychotic 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, There's some darker stuff that I won't even mention, but yeah, yeah, sure. the sacrificial kind of stuff. I think some of the people were, you know, maybe you probably would have gotten a robe out, been like, yeah, let's light some incense <laughs> and I don't know, <laughs> get some blood and yeah. get the goats yeah. going. We probably, you know, yeah, probably I probably would have been the goats going. Once the line gets crossed, well, and that. That I gotta check out that podcast, and I know you're absolutely right on those um, Black Dahlia murders. The idea or the major theory, yeah, is indeed that these were real life surrealistic exhibits in like the game Exquisite Quirks, right? Are you familiar with that? Where you draw a head and then a midsection and then the, yes. the bottom part and then you switch them. There was an idea that the Black Dahlia murders were a real life game of exquisite corpse which is yeah pretty, wow pretty yeah, well, hard it's so you know dark it's so dark it's fascinating oh, the 40s cool time uh, all right we gotta pull ourselves out of the black Dahlia murders i told you this would happen we'd say <laughs> i i uh i have a propensity to uh, we'll we'll worry about you know maybe uh, other interviews <laughs> where we could do a black dahlia episode because oh, there's, there's there's certainly plenty of um material (laughs) um so uh tell me and this is for all of you or um uh, each one of you and your answer could be a complete fabrication or it can be true but how did dirty princess come to be now i don't want to do like (laughs) say something (laughs) wow (laughs) let's try to be the fabrication version all right, so there were, there was <clears throat> a plan made by the stars, and they connected all of us in strange places when, and then after playing together. Um, we realized that, like, we had some sort of trinity. There was something that we couldn't find. We're all very individual, but yet it, like, it, it like, is this kind of, like, balancing wheel, even though there's three ends. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. works in a way of a triangle, you know, so that I have, I've never learned so much about myself Um, and others from being around, like, these women. And it's just, I feel like it's brought out a lot in us. I don't know. We met. We got together. We learned a lot. The music. We played. We went through all these different emotions together. I think that goes for, like, everyone who's a musician it's like you making art like we are this might answer the other question too is creativity moving through you and then evidence of that creativity and that's what music is it's the evidence of emotions that move through us and we experience so much in this body and we've experienced so much in bodies prior that sometimes music, if you find the right people, can give you a reflection of your experiences that also relate to the rest of humankind. 
So it's not like we're a big band or anything or something super out of there. I think it's just how we've been able to grow from it and see like apparitions and strange things happen just from like connecting as humans. Yeah, it's like when you play music with people, that's like a connection that you don't have with anyone else. It's just vulnerability and it's just raw, like pure, you're like giving yourself, you're just connecting with someone in such a way that's just really powerful. And it's hard to like find those people that you can just, that you can make music with and just share that, share those experiences share your like true self yeah oh thank you thank you for thank you for that and um uh, like i said you can always have uh create the exact versions of the origin i i don't know i i just like seeing the art that you all do and and, and really enjoying your music um and i adore great origin stories because i'm a comic book reader so <laughs> that's why i wanted to <laughs> well we just yeah. decided we're superheroes so yeah we'll have to come up with a good one yeah. i was trying to i was trying to get into that um so uh big 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 question and i know that there's already been you know your answer in there about this but i'm asking it specifically um what is art Maybe you should answer that since I said something about it. That's a big question. Mm -hmm. It is with so many facets. It's whatever you want it to be. Like, I don't know. I, it's so hard to define, like, where the, what's the line that makes something art and makes something looking kitsch or not like you know a craft. What? It's like... You know it when you see it. You know it when you see <laughs> yeah. it. I think it's like... <clears throat> Like, it could be so many things, like intense vulnerability or, like, something that you contemplate for a long time. It's, like, take on so many facets. And I, I feel that in my, as a creative person, like, I can't pick one thing. So it's, like, I just know that I'm an artist and, like, and I make art and I try to live art and and think about, I mean, I, dance has always blown my mind because I'm like, I, I don't really do it, but I just think it's so cool. It's like moving, moving around, moving your body through the art. So it's like, you can just be a living, walking art. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's been the conversation a lot. It's just like, how cool would it be to get so deep within our art that like every single part of what you do becomes a piece of artwork, like how you move your body, how you speak your words, what inflections you use, like in order to make your own reality, like something that is pleasing to you at all times that like helps you live a happier life. Yeah. yeah. And just yeah. evidence. That's what I think it is. It's just like, and it, it, I can't take credit for that. Um, it was Alex Gray's wife who I started following, who's really into spirituality, obviously, because it's Alex Gray's wife. But um, she was saying that, that, like, it's creativity moving through you and then a piece of evidence. So evidence is, like, our existence. So existence is what we make it, like. So it's a part of... It can be a part of any everything and anything. And, like, God... 
he's my favorite designer. If we want to go in that sense, he's like the trees and the clouds. That's why we reiterate it on paper for some of us is because it's evidence for some sort of force outside of our own. Yeah. Dang. I, I, I there's so many ideas in our interview thus far. I'm 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 thinking about each one of them. <laughs> um, and and um, as far as any other comments about what is art, and I, I really I really I really latched on to the idea of you know like how do you like live as an artist? How do you exhibit yourself as an yeah. artist? What and particularly if it forms what um, a lot of times if I'm uh, interviewing indigenous guests of the the reference to medicine of the art right like how it helps mm-hmm. heal and, and cure yes. you and or um or running as an activity that that's the medicine that you take in order to like to balance things out and i think art for me personally and um you know from me answering and talking to other artists it has such that pivotal role of like how do you keep sane? How do you breathe? How do you mm-hmm. be healthy? Right. Um, and so I love that, uh, that question. Um, any more comments on that, uh, on, on what is art? I think that sums it up. Yeah. Okay. So I'm if, 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 <laughs> if we, if we take art, one of one of the questions I've been asking uh, for months on on the program, and it's it's really big, and I apologize, it's like such a big question, but it has to do with art's role now. And so, let me give you an example. So, when the when I'm doing the podcast, I've done it for about 14 months, and when the pandemic came in, I said to myself, "Well, why the fuck are you doing a podcast?" Like. People are like, you know, there's like this disease. Are we going to like all die pretty soon? Like just completely (laughs) shot. Right. And I realized uh, that that's, you know, a normal reaction. Um, But I accelerated my creativity in various forms in order to kind of just deal with what was going on. So uh, I immediately understood that artists are now encountering like right now encountering like massive things. Right. So, yeah. What is art's role or your role as an artist in addressing, like, what is art's role in a pandemic? What's art's role within um, uh, a a racist society? What's art's role in challenging the power structures or whether it's patriarchy or a capitalist power structure? Does art have a role in addressing those things? And if so, what 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 is its role? What do you see its role as? I feel like personally during the, as far as the pandemic part of the question, I feel like there's so much there, but I'll just address the one thing that kind of came to me. Personally, it's been therapeutic for sure. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's, it's just like, I can see that I'm still there by expressing things like that. I'm, I'm still me. It's like a reminder and like, it's like a self portrait or like recording a song. It's like, okay. And that's just been really helpful yeah. um, and from a thera- therapeutic standpoint, at least personally. And I know it's the band that's like when we finally got to get got to got to got got back together. <laughs> it was um, like it, it really felt good. It was like something was missing, but yeah, it's definitely like during the pandemic, like just all the ways that like people have just had to get creative, but 
in just like bringing people together, like despite mm-hmm. all this, like whether that be, you know, having band practice outside on the mm-hmm. street or like, you know, doing live streams and Zoom calls and just like classes online and just all the ways that people have been brought together, like even though everything seems so disconnected right now, that's like the one thing that can connect people. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that we need to do so much right now is trying to connect, but it's hard. It's like, um, I do believe that art's role is just like us as humans. You know, some of us have to address the situation head on and, be very real about what's happening for those who need a wake-up call. And then we have art that is also calming and um, takes you to another place. Or, um, you know, there's that escapism route. I think both are really necessary right now um, because I know a lot of people who are worrying themselves sick and, like, injuring themselves from fighting so hard. And then I also know people who are so comfortable that it's they'd rather not, and, and that's an option for them not to address it, you know? And it's hard because it's like where, after being in the protest and doing all this, it's like where I'm coming to realize that the biggest thing that art needs to say right now in my opinion is the search for the self because even within the revolution within the oppression there are broken people naturally we're all broken like we've had experiences that change our way of living everyday lives i think what we need to be focusing on is how can we be better because there's a lot of people who point their fingers and refuse to understand what experiences the opposing side has been through to bring them to this conclusion of hate, of hate and other stuff. Um, that I think the biggest thing is taking a look at ourselves and understanding that we're not always going to be in the right or knowing that as time goes on, we have to be ready to alter our opinions because as you saw in 2020, things are changing left and right where it's not even like, it's not even taking it day by day anymore. It's taking it hour by hour. Yeah, yeah. So, and art is definitely like a way to look just like inward and like just who are we, like look at ourselves, learn to love ourselves. Because yeah. if we, we can't be working on ourselves, then because our experiences just impact one another so yeah. much, we're just also connected in that way. So just a way to like look inward and then push that energy outwards. How can we? Yeah, like, having conversations about how to be better people individually. Like yeah. I started talking about that with my friend, like starting up, and this is something I still need to do, and I keep talking about it, but if I keep talking about it, maybe it'll happen here. <laughs> Um, is like getting a book club together, having people just speak on things that they've learned from reading and how we can work on us, Julia, because that's the thing with social media and everything now. Everyone's like, this is how you need to live life. Look at me. I have 5,000 followers. This is how I live. This is how I live life. 
follow me. And, you know, there's all this li- there's all this lies and deceit behind everything. It's like this weird. And this has shown us that, like, we have to get real with ourselves in order to lead the path, you know. Um, it's rebuilding us as a humankind, I think, because I think we this is all new stuff. Humans haven't experienced any of this stuff within the past, you know, 10 to 15 years within like technology, technology progressing and everything. This is a new renaissance. We are writing the playbook for how people are going to live for the rest of their lives. So it's a very, it's a very important time to be focused on um, art, which is everything. Yeah. And, and, And thank you for that. I know that I know that it's it seems to be in general like a, 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 a tension, right? And what I mentioned, obviously, huge, you know, structural uh, issues. And I, I'm always interested in art's place within that because, you know, one answer is, look, art uh, art is in its own uh, – art's doing its own thing, right? So, I mean, it's a legitimate answer, right? It's like it's, it's doing its own thing, and I'm not sure how it's connected to all that. And others, you know – you know, I've been involved in the labor movement, social movements uh, for, for quite some time. When you see what art is doing as an instrument to create consciousness, to disrupt, you know, faulty ways of thinking or whatever art's doing, um, it's kind of placed more centrally to um, to disrupt or to, you know, or to challenge maybe some of to our challenge. Yeah, I yeah. like that word to challenge our our way of thinking. Yeah. So I got uh, I got the uh, the question um, which you might uh, resist about kind of top albums, um, but and and in order to get into this, I'm going to mention my own. So if you had three albums, right? So uh, suspension of disbelief here. There's a record player on an album uh, on an island, and you got three albums you can play, and you might be playing them for a long time. I take. Uh, as I already mentioned, I'm on the huge Rust in Peace Megadeth. All right, so that's one. I also take It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back by Public Enemy. And I also take uh, Pink Floyd's album Animals. Those are my three. Okay. Uh, so, so I wanted to just go right out there and say it's tough to narrow three albums down, uh, but I did. What about for each of you? What, what, what albums you're just going to – these are the ones. Um, I'm going to say this one album, um, I think it's a Herbie Mann album. It's this real, it has this really cool album cover, but it's this weird harmonica, like, (laughs) um, harmonica songs that Pitbull and Kesha ended up stealing for one of their songs, which is so weird because it's the most random, and it's very surrealist in the. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of the name, but I have it, and I think that one. I like things that that mix me up, you know. I have things I like to listen to, and I have things that I like to kind of mix me up. Um, I can't think of top ones. Probably um, Royal Trucks, Turn of the Century. 
I'm gonna keep thinking. <laughs> you guys, you guys think that? Like, um, I, so I would. Incredible. I would definitely bring Neil Young on the beach. Oh, Yay. that's a good one. Um, you know, you're gonna be on an island. It's fitting. Yes. Uh, oh, this is on an island. Shit, maybe I won't bring those. The physical, the physical location is an island. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So okay. you're right. You're deserted. Okay. I would bring Thin Lizzy's Jailbreak. Uh huh. And Melvin's Houdini. Ah, uh-huh. all right. Nice. Those are just always very therapeutic albums for me. Yes, yes, yes. yes. I think um, I think I'm gonna do. Rolling Stones, Sticky Fingers, because it just has this has a home in my heart. I don't know. I love yeah. it. Uh, it, it I'm gonna go with uh, Minuteman, Double Nickels on the Dime, because it's us. It it ha- how many songs are on there? Fucking forty. You know? <laughs> and, um, it has like the most beautiful acoustic guitar piece in it, but also like the best fucking punk rock song ever. So I don't know. I think that maybe that, and then. I'm going to cheat a little bit on the third and I, just because it was over here and I was like, if I had that, I was on an island, I probably, like, I really want a compilation, you know, come on. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to go with Easy Rider soundtrack. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I have that. I have that album. Um, What's the album? What's the Duke Ellington album that has it in the sentimental mood on it? Because I oh. do that one. Yeah, I don't know the album. Right. I don't know um, the album. I've been listening to that recently, like, for my morning songs. Ooh. And that playlist, let me tell you, it, it, <laughs> it that's what I'll need if I'm on an island. I'm going to need some sax, sweet saxophone. Yeah. Some trump. I'm going to need some horns on that beach. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I, um, I, uh, am going to, um, uh, we're going to have a, a quick break. I don't know if you know, we're going to cut to one of your songs and allow, allow you to get some of like that, t- you know, like everybody right now is supposed to walk away from the computer screen fatigue, all that type of stuff. So I'm going to play and I want to know this for sure. Is the title Mad Cat or Mad Cat Lives? <laughs> it's up for debate. <laughs> no, okay. It's, it's whatever you want. We... I thought it was named Mad Cat Lives, and I, like, it was a typo. But Mad Cat definitely lives, but it depends on how you want to respect his name. All right. So, uh, so, um... I'm gonna gonna play it now. We're gonna cut to it, and uh, a couple more questions when we come back. Sound good? Sounds Sounds good. good. We're gonna re-up our dranky-doos. All righty. Cheers, good sir.
I love that song. Thank you. I love that song. I was listening to the the album again recently, last couple days, and uh, that um, the visceral and I was playing it really loud, of course. Uh, the visceral, the the visceral, like fuzz sound, like pounding you is so much fun. It's like a physical beast you've created. Yeah, yeah. So that's how definitely our live shows have been. But to be completely honest, I'm like, it reminds me of like the previous self because I feel like I've learned a lot and I'm still learning I can't say that like I'm done I'll never be done but um I was a lot more intoxicated allowing my my fiercer demons to show themselves um allowing my deep pain to like kind of just be let out which was good but i am really looking forward to this new music that we've been writing because i've actually been able to like give a piece of myself without the thorns and all the the leather and sticks and rocks and bats and shit you know um it's funny like when you're going through healing processes like what stuff comes out you know um, so yeah, it's been, I think it reminds me of like, different, different thoughts, but I'm still very proud of it, but yeah, because I've, I'm seeing a new horizon, the reason why I'm like, shun it a little bit. Yeah, well, it's it's it shows. I mean, I think as as artists, if you if you present something, you show something like when we're talking about the definition of art there, you're like, here it is. You know it when you see it, you put that out there and then it doesn't tell the whole story of the artist. Right. So I think you're pointing to like, look, yeah, that's a manifestation of that's a manifestation of what that is. But, you know, there's other there's other pieces to it. Right. There's other Exactly. Pieces yeah. yeah, I think what I became obsessed with. And the girls have heard it so many times. I'd like to say the same thing over and over again because I'm happy I feel like I need to share it. But um, just like being a, a, not a one-dimensional character, and I think that happens in rock and roll a lot. Um, and and the best, they overcame that. You know, like Bowie, Prince, all these uh, people that were big or or. or allowed um evolution to happen within themselves that was that was when you know really cool stuff is being created i've just been really obsessed lately with like never being one dimensional like one character to fit the music it needs to evolve and change just as we do yeah i and i i and I think I think artists, you know, us as humans and us as artists, definitely we 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 fall into that. I think the, you know, I think with our economic system too, right? Is like I think you know you're you 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 all work in music and you're around and see what happens. I think, you know, there's this tendency on music to latch onto what the thing is and market that to death, and and, and you're not allowed yeah. you're not allowed to be 
like, hey, look, this is a ballad and it's cool. You know why? Because I'm the artist and I'm making a ballad. So here it is. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah. Um, the whole thing that kind of goes with that that we've been wanting to do <laughs> is like a rock opera. Yeah. And like use, like, it took, a, we got, we grew a lot as, as musicians or whatever in the last, last few years, you know, and I feel like now we're at a point where we can kind of express something specific and like if we could tell a story that would be really cool you know and then make it an immersive kind of art mm-hmm. yeah project we're, we're really worried about the experience now uh we always have been but i feel like since we've had all this time um when we do get back on the stage we wanted to really tell a story within our own style um yeah we have a new single that's going to be coming out and it's uh kind of like an introduction to this new route that we're exploring so i'm so excited about that that's 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 cool and um well what why don't um so what what's do you have a name for that or can you talk about that now just as far as when that's out and things like that yeah yeah so our goal it might change sometimes things change but uh our goal is october 31st which is full moon and it's also halloween all right yeah um and yeah it's just it's it's different it's different and we are really excited about it it's called the saga of mother night and it's a three-part it's a three-part song yeah three-part experience dang uh looking looking uh Oh, so much looking forward to hearing that. Um, well, let's at the end, we'll chat a little bit more about how uh, folks can connect with you. We'll fill that up a little bit. But I can't forget the 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 main question um, for each one of you is why is there something rather than nothing? Well, I don't fucking know, man. <laughs> <laughs> yes. What is nothing? <laughs> I was just watching a Neil deGrasse Tyson video about what is nothing. Yeah. And he just talks about how, like, you could go, like, like, oh, like, is the air nothing? No, it's air. But if you go up into space, there's no air. Well, there's still, like, particles. Like, if you go in between stars, like, in between galaxies, there's still, like, little particles and, like, cubic meters and... And there's still, like, even if there's not the particles, there's still the laws of physics. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I love Neil deGrasse. He's so enticing. He's like, what is life to you? Oh, but he, yeah, I think the same thing, too. I think we can't even fathom what is nothing because we've always been something. So it's like we've had to make do with that. If there, it's hard because it's like, uh, the opposite end of a battery, or the same end of a battery, by saying what is something rather than nothing. It's like we have no idea what nothing is, so we couldn't even like elaborate on what yeah. nothing is. We don't even understand it. Yeah, and that on on the 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 question itself, I mentioned this before. Um, as far as how it's posed, and you mentioned uh. Uh, Tyson, um, as far as scientists uh, always repose the question, said it's the wrong question. The correct question is, how is there something rather than nothing? Yes. Like, like, um, and and it could obviously be asked both ways, but I love that repositioning of that question of like, well, how is it that this is the case? Um, yeah. It's, just, it's and it's a very, it's better. 
it's a very different question too. So I've I've been definitely um, uh, thinking about that all the time. Since it's the big question, I want to make sure that I didn't cut any other any other answers off. Any other stabs at why is there something rather than nothing? Mm-hmm. No, I think because we're just conscious. Yeah, I don't know. If I was a hummingbird, I wouldn't have even having that thought. <laughs> <laughs> because you can think. Being a human. Yeah, right, I know. So, um, what, uh, at, at the end here, I just wanted to open up, uh, you know, for each of you and for Dirty Princess, you know, as, as a whole, um, telling the listeners, you know, what ways to connect with uh, your art, your music individually as a band, please feel free to share of, you know, to your level of comfort, uh, how to, uh, come in contact and, uh, get more of your art. Yeah, we have, a. Uh... All the regular ways of Instagram and Facebook, Dirty Princess Band. You got to put the band on that on there. Yeah. And Portland, you know, you'll find us um, Instagram, Facebook. So we have an email and a website, DirtyPrincessBand.com. Yep. And um, I have oh, my wow, visual wow. art up on my Instagram, Chartreuse Toulouse. Check that shit out. Um, do paintings and stuff, and yeah. Yeah, and and especially on on that painting. Uh, skateboard decks, decorated skateboard decks as well, correct? That's in the works. It's in the works. We're getting there. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're... Yeah, we got mercantile we're... of other sorts. Yeah, we're trying to get up. <laughs> we are, like, ready to basically... Get, it's, like, getting ready to do the big haul. So, like, promotion and all this other stuff. And so, um, yeah, we, we work a lot through just, like, Instagram stuff. We don't like to... I mean... We stay up on social media, but like it's, um, but yeah, just look us up. Dirty princess band anywhere. Um, yeah, I just, I think the only thing, the only thing maybe to add on after the episode is, uh, given that the way the band presents itself and, and, you know, some obvious aspects of, you know, being badass, you probably need some action figures. (laughs) You might need some action figures, right? Yeah, my, I'm making a plan to do the, like, you know how the Ramones did, like, the weird science comic book cover? Oh, yeah. With the little, yeah, so I'm going to do a Dirty Princess one of those. and make Yeah. This, I want weird Josie and Pussycats. We're very, we're yeah. very character, character-like. Um. I, I wanted to thank each one of you. I got, I got to tell you, it was a very stimulating conversation, and I, I just wanted to thank you for being you know, gracious with your time and, and thinking about these, thinking about these questions. And I, and I tell you like the nature of the conversation, I, I always say that there's an element. I do this for myself to be intellectually engaged, uh, with, with artists. And so I really appreciate your thoughts and, and your time. It's, it's actually been a great pleasure and, and a, a great, great, great fun for me. Thank you Good. so much. Thank you. We love your conversation. This is what we, we live for. And I do have to say that given some discussion earlier on of some of the darker stuff and Black Dolly and everything like that, somewhere down the road, we get to figure out maybe a free for all kind of. Uh, oh, well, you know what? Even towards Halloween, Halloween episode. I will. I'll yeah, that'd be great yeah. because it'll be right of... around the time. Yeah. Our yeah. Six. I love that. And keep in contact. Raised. Yes. Thank you. Thank you all, and for today, enjoy the, you know, enjoy the wonderful sunshine in the Pacific Northwest. 
Thank, Thank you, you so you. much. This was fun. All right. Bye now. See ya. Bye. You are listening to Something Rather Than Nothing.